destruction. Guess who's here for OG's wrestling? Ain't no competition, we report, you gon' listen. Never no mercy, we bring the ring to the streets. If you don't know, you better find out off the ropes. Here to prove a point, number one in the league. That you don't wanna tussle with us. No way to hide or run, step in the ring, you're done, you're never stepping out again. So you're back on the wolf back. Hey yo man, what it do? It's your boy Blackheart. Welcome to Off the Top of the Podcast. Apparently about myself for the day. The crew's off doing some other stuff. They'll be back respectfully tomorrow. If not tomorrow, they'll most definitely be on Sunday when we do the weekly recap and news. So, um, welcome to the show. First of all, today's episode is not just any episode. This is an after talk episode where we go behind the scenes at the independent and professional wrestling itself. Before I, I introduce my guest, my special guest of this episode, one of your special shout out to Anchor, gives us a podcast platform to host our podcast here and help us stream it to all the other podcast platforms that's out there. So I'm going to say the following uh, kudos and thank you to Google to Google Podcasts, Breaker Podcasts, uh, Radio Public Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Podbean is where we have a podcast at. And also you can follow us. On Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, off the top row podcast, and check out um, all our previous episodes for season one and season two. Please help us get to 2K plays before we are going into our season two finale and break before the holidays. So let's hope we pray we try to end up, end up on a good foot and a good note. Please help me make me smile. Um, like, share, like, share, hit the subscribe button, the whole nine yards, man. Just be super supportive, man. We love y'all. We love y'all. We love y'all. Thank you to the fans. First of all, <clears throat> let's jump into it, man. My special guest of the evening, he's doing this has been long overdue for like last like couple of months, so we've been just missing each other. But um, he is a former um, independent wrestler himself, and now he's running his own podcast. He runs his own wrestling podcast as well, just as you know, saying, just like me. Um, give it up for my main man, Warren Marlowe. How's it going? It's going, man. Happy Friday to you. How's how's life treating you? The whole nine yards, man. What's going on from here? Yeah, man. I can't complain. It's the weekend. I gotta say, man, that introduction was pretty, pretty monumental. I mean, I try my best to try to keep it short and sweet and simple. So, you know, try to give some people gotta have some, you know, compassion to their projects, I guess. So, for me, this is my baby right here. So, I try to Nurture it as much as I can to make sure it grows in good hands. Hey man, that's that's all you can do. Uh, 
I remember when I was wrestling for almost six years, man, like my character was my baby. And that was, <laughs> I took that so seriously. And now that I'm also in the podcasting world now is, as you've also said, uh, buzzing with Marlo. And I've actually, I've gotten to that same passion that I did in the ring as much as I do with podcasting as well. That's, and that's excellent, man. Cause you need that self motivation sometimes to keep, Continuing on and developing new challenges for everyone. I think everyone has to challenge themselves in order for them to be a better person for themselves and being able to learn, experience, and understand. You know, so for me, I'm me. I'm still a novice at this podcast game, so I'm not fully perfect. But I feel like me bringing my uniqueness to the table and giving a different platform and a different format that certain people, mm-hmm. I guess, in 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 our world, don't who don't respect wrestling as any as all major sports, but some of the dedicated fans like you, me, and you know the crew and many wrestling fans is out there, we look at this the same way how we look at basketball and football. So you gotta put respect when it comes to this wrestling thing because everyone can't do what these guys do. Everyone can't do what you done. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, when you first step in, when you first even think about becoming a professional wrestler, you have to learn what basically dedication is. And not only that, you have to learn respect. Respect is the biggest thing you are going to have to learn before you even think about stepping between those ropes. Uh, Every show, I remember the first time when I first got to finally get on my shows, obviously, you go to a wrestling school, obviously that's going to be the big main thing you also want to do right off the rip. Uh, And then when I finally got to have my first show, the biggest thing that anyone should do, and I'll give everyone a great heads up, this will show you people will like you just because you do this. You go up there and shake everyone's hand. Even though there's a secret type of handshake that workers use compared to you know, the normal handshake. Obviously, you're doing a little soft shake just to prove, hey, man, I'm a very easy worker. <laughs> I'm not going to hurt you or anything like that type deal. So, obviously, respect is going to be the biggest thing that you are going to have to learn. Even with this stuff going on right now, I think wrestling has definitely evolved and proved that, hey, even with fans and stuff like that, which has been a very awkward subject on some things, and even, ter- even crazier is if I was still wrestling when this COVID thing was going on, maybe I would have probably kept continuing because obviously you get that nice little break for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. And you got to give respect to these wrestling promotions out there right now, especially when they, some of them have been hit through hard times during this whole pandemic. A lot of a lot of independents have really have not opened up resources, but there's a lot of them that took the chance say, yo, we need to give back. We need to give back. We need to do mm-hmm. something because this is something that this is people's livelihoods. People who really bust oh, yeah. their asses yeah. to go and train and get slammed and bruised every damn day. And you gotta get used to it. And then now we're on the mm-hmm. bench because of unfortunate circumstances. And you get that ring verse pretty damn quick if you're not active in that mm-hmm. ring or, or or if you're not training or if you're not keeping yourself conditioned at all times. So kudos oh, yeah. to the independent uh, promotions out there that's been doing their stuff, especially ECPW. Um, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that I've, that I've had come on the show 
that's part of part of that organization that's really now traveling around doing whatever shows that they could to try to mm-hmm. to, to try to continue on to try to keep their momentum up because they don't want to feel stale. Yeah. Oh yeah. Most definitely. That's the biggest thing. Like when I was wrestling, I mean, you at least try to make sure you were in the ring at least twice a week. Uh, even before you're going to do all your shows, like just go in there and get a little training in at least once or twice a week. Just like, like you said, because I'll be honest with you, man, when you get to that ring rust, when you first take that bump again, man, it's going to feel like you, well, for me, it feels like I've been in a car accident. Like literally you just feel like you cannot move the next day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just so much repetition and it's, it's kind of like a football drill. Obviously when you keep working on the game, you keep tackling, you start building your body up for it. Like you're just constantly ready for it. I think that's the best way to put it on this because I tell people all the day, all the time, man, it doesn't matter what shape or form you are. It's a different type of mentality. When you get in the ring, it's a different type of cardio than anything you will ever do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, before we go with any further than that, um, let's just go. Let's go back to the origin of you, man. I know, like, surfers, like me, who, you know, favorite wrestler, I would just get mine out the way. Was always, if ever, will be the Undertaker. And I just said it in um, the Elite Sports podcast last night. Shout out, shout out to Chaz and Mark. I mean, shout out to Chad and Marcus, by the way. Um, that for him that gravitated me to be of a fan to be like, yo, this guy is different from everyone in this locker room. His persona is far dark and eerie and scary and kids were scared out their asses because I pretty sure I was one of them, but after a, a couple of times, I got used to him. And you feel like, yo, especially connected with this, with this character, with this person who's playing this character. And that's always been my number one guy to go to for any circumstances. So people one might want to argue about their favorite wrestler, but mine's always and forever will be done the takers. But let's go with you, Warren. So how was your upbringing and what got you into wrestling? What made you as a fan? Who was your favorite? Who was the one star? And you're, I mean, you know, saying for you that made you say, damn, this is what I want to do because of this guy. Oh, man, it's, it's so much on this. Like, I like I love how you said The Undertaker because, dude, Undertaker was literally everyone says about scary movies and stuff like that. Jason, Freddy, all these guys. My guy was The Undertaker. Undertaker, I was absolutely terrified. He is now. Where a guy can just roll his eyes in the back of his head. I freaked out. Like, literally, I was terrified of him, especially because, obviously, I was really grown in the 90s. The ministry version of The Undertaker, I actually got to witness at first, first at hand, uh, being a fan, and he just, light comes on, doom, you hear that noise, and then all of a sudden he appears in the in the stands. Obviously, I was like not even two rows down, and I'm sliding down the chair just hoping and praying this guy is not going to grab me because <laughs> I was terrified <laughs> of him. So, I mean, and then obviously they had a show in Jacksonville, it was a Monday Night Raw. I remember it. And um, it was the buildup before him and Shawn Michaels got to go one more time, the second time at WrestleMania. Uh-huh. And and you just saw how he stuttered on his words on an accident or whatever. And I was just like, okay. So he's like a normal guy now type scenario. Like it took me all the way till I was like 16 years old to realize 
Okay, Taker is okay. <laughs> <laughs> but man, the guy, I tell this to everyone, everyone who knows me right off the get-go is the wrong. I absolutely Ooh. still to this day support everything this man has gotten. Uh, Project Rock takes half of my paychecks as much as you can think of. <laughs> so, and I don't even drink tequila, but I'll buy the Terramana tequila just to say, hey, I got his. And also uh, the Broken Skull beer. I actually bought one of those just to say I got the Rock and Stone Cold beer. Like, literally, I have them on top of my fridge, right side by side, basically like in a versus mode. Because Ooh. absolutely, those two guys made such a huge story and made it so impactful to show, hey, this is definitely something to look at. And the funny thing is how you said for me to get started in wrestling, believe it or not, I had to go through some serious struggles in my life. Um, Literally right after I got out of high school and uh, I was dead set going in to go play college basketball. Well, Kind of got a little changed in because I found out I was going to be a father. So I had to come home, be supportive and stuff like that. And then obviously for two years, something happened for me to actually, you know what? And I got, I was close with someone of my friends. And then I, I thought this one guy, I kept seeing him wearing CCW shirts all the time. And I was always trying to be curious, like, who is this guy? And uh, obviously I found out his name was Rock and Roll Chris Turner. And he owned a wrestling company called CCW, Continental Championship Wrestling. That's also a, a wrestling school. So I went out there. I thought about it. I was like, you know what? Because I just did like a like those little physique competitions, you know, the little pretty boy board shorts yeah. things. But you also feel like you're a badass in it because you're like, oh, yeah, I just won this my first go around. Like, OK, let's go. So I was like and I was and I, he kept. He kept messaging me back and forth like, hey, you think about doing this. You think about doing this. You, you've you got a body for it. You can keep – we could really do something with you. And I was just thinking that as a joke at first because the idea he had for me, I never expected. Like he told me, hey, I got an idea for you. I want you to wear a mask and such and such. I looked at him and said, I'm not a luchador. <laughs> so – we went in with that idea, so, and um, I I think it was about six months. Yeah, it was about six or seven months, and then I finally got to have my first show. And um, the funny thing is, dude, everyone has their one moment where, like, what was their biggest, hardest thing to do while they were wrestling? Mine was to take an arm drag. I could never find a way to get over the person, so... I guess that was a big deal. So it was like, you got to get that down before we even think about advancing up or anything. Everything else I picked up good. Uh, bumping wise was good, everything like that. But man, I tell you what, that first bump, yeah, I got up quick after that. But then I was like, whoa, man, you get a whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh my goodness, where's this headache coming from? <laughs> ah, the bumps, the bruises, just so, the way that you guys have to go through night after night to train to get used to that to having your body training yeah. your body how to take how to learn to take more punishment than the body has never had before on a constant basis that's gotta be pretty tough well the funny thing is dude because i used to think i used to really believe even when i'd go to these wrestling shows i'm like 
how does this guy jump so high? And people were trying to tell me it was a trampoline. So obviously you got little springs in there and stuff. So I'm thinking, okay, that helps them get up or nothing. So I went in there thinking, okay, I'm going to take this first bump. Like, no problem. I'm going to fly this thing. Like, he told me to do a flip bump. I was like, okay, I'm going to jump as high as I can and absolutely just try to flat out this way. Well, that definitely was not a trampoline. That was definitely – he told me there was pad in it, but I don't believe there was. But then he showed me it was like this little piece of carpet, basically, <laughs> on, the, right. on the wood. Oh, <laughs> so it's like, man. oh, my goodness. What? That makes you sound like you just fall on like some weak-ass lawn chair cushion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I tell people all this time, man, like, yeah, it's great to have the cushion on the ring also, but in a way, it could really harm somebody if the padding is very thick. Because obviously when you're running the ropes, you could possibly trip on it type scenario. So obviously they would have like a little small one. But in the training ring, he kind of wanted to get everybody up to par and be like, okay, yes, you're taken care of, but you're going to bump in here first. And we're going to see – you're going to basically work yourself like from a crab and get yourself up. And then we'll get you to the newer and better stuff, obviously when you advance. And – um it got to be – it was definitely a challenge for me at first. I really had time – I had a hard time really figuring out what I was going to be. And he kept giving me this idea about this mass character, this mass character, because I was like – I was really hard at showing emotions. So I was like – I always had a fan – I was always a fan of Power Rangers, and I always <laughs> was a fan of Rey Mysterio. And, um, and he was like, so we're going to go with this American guy – which was the funny thing is I first came up with the idea of being an American prototype, which we know who had the nickname prototype. So mm-hmm. that definitely wasn't going to go through. And um, so we went with prodigy and, and that's basically how it went off. And then the funny thing is my mask, I had made, I had it customized, made and everything. And then go to find out two weeks later, Deadpool announces that it's Damn. Be really. It was really about to be one of those masks. You could have been the first Deadpool, and, then, and they would even have to. They would have to pay you. They have to pay you. Be like, no, we need oh, you to stop wearing this mask. It'll pay like a million bucks. Oh man, no! Believe it or not, I got licensed to that mask. I got licensed. I had to pay good, for the good. authorization, and everything for that mask because I knew that was coming up. But literally, the funny thing is, every show, whatever, and you know how like. You know how like um the Patriot would always carry a flag. Obviously the, the USA character would always mm-hmm. rock around with a flag or something. I wanted to change it up. So obviously AJ Styles has the gloves, but he wasn't really shown out because he was right. only on like the independent at the time. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do gloves and get the USA flag on it and we're gonna do it that way. And um that's basically how it kept going for a while and then it was just like I'd get people asking me, like, hey, are you the American <laughs> Spider-Man? Like, you're really cool. And it was great. That was my first show, too. And I was literally – and the funny thing is the crowd was chanting American Spider-Man. American Spider-Man. That's like a crowd. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That's definitely one of the memorable ones. And then the funny thing is, you know how, like, the USA character mm-hmm. – you get the USA chant going. 
Well, I know if they listen to this, they're going to die laughing. So I was so nervous when I got out there. I went, you, S.A., you, S.A. <laughs> and the funny thing is the crowd went with it for a little bit, and they're like, hold up, that don't sound American. <laughs> He's calling himself an essay. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I mean, it was a lot of fun times, man. Like, that first show really changed a lot of things for me. Uh, it was really cool to wrestle in front of um, – the first show we had, we wrestled at a high school. And the funny thing is because I used to go to that that county in there, and I got to go re- – my first show was wrestling at a rival high school that I played in because I was known to play basketball. I was never known for any other sport, really. So it was like – it was really cool to actually have my first debut match at somewhere where I lit it up on a basketball court, which – we were in the gym on my first show, awesome. so it was pretty cool. That's awesome. to stick into your rival bit, and I'm coming in here to yes. wrestle, and I actually got fond memories on this place. And this is gonna be a good ass day for me. Yeah, man, that was, that was definitely cool. It was really cool because the funny thing is, my mom was a huge wrestling fan, and believe it or not, she's actually the reason why I started watching wrestling because she was a huge Stone Cold fan, huge Shawn Michaels fan. And it was just like my mom would watch the Attitude Era till days in, so I really had no choice <laughs> to not like wrestling. Yeah, that's like me with my mother too. My mother's <laughs> favorite wrestler was Hulk Hogan. So when I got into it, that was when Undertaker first came in okay. to the WWE. Where Hulk Hogan was still in the midst of his prime, um, as being the flagship of WWE back then. Mm-hmm. And I remember just her being so flabbergasted and seeing this guy just. Just the way that he talked, the way that he moved, the way that I mean, the way that he just personified, get the energy, the crowd, everyone, no matter who you was, men, women, children, would just would would just be cheering their asses off for him. Then when Undertaker came out, because <laughs> I remember that, and I remember yeah. the first the first house show that I had went was when WWE used to come to the Boston Gardens on the weekends. This was like early in the nineties. So they used to come and do, I think, mm-hmm. either do two shows in one day, and that was going to be on Saturdays. So all, those, so all the good shows would be on show B. Show A would mm-hmm. be like the earlier card, the drivers, and stuff like that. So when it came to that one, and they had a championship right. match, what had been championship? It was the main event, Hulk Hogan versus Undertaker. Undertaker had lost, but he had won, hitting the tombstone, because Paul Perry had gotten involved in the ring after the disqualification happened, because he had gotten disqualified, and he brought out the body bag. And remember when Undertaker mm-hmm. had was doing the whole body bag gimmick thing, putting um putting Hogan in it, putting Warrior in it, and oh, yeah, X Smiling yeah. wrestlers in it, and carried him and carried the same thing to the back. Did the same thing here, and took Hogan to the back, and we never saw him. And I was just like, oh my god, what's happening? Like yo, he took this guy. It took it to the back. We don't know what the hell really happened. So now we're like, what's going on? This is like what a one year old me, a one year old me. Oh, you know, say just watching wrestling in yeah. the you know, say in the garden with my mother. That I think that was one that I realized I was going to be a wrestling fan at heart, and I still was. And as time passes and um, the actual era started coming slowly into fruition, she was so. In the Stone Cold and the Rock as well, which made it even more funnier. <laughs> which made it even more funnier because I, cause I had okay. no idea that she was still watching by that time period when I was just an eight year old kid. 
when it was the height of that uh, of that era, of course. Mm-hmm. So this so, and I still I still think part of the top top of WWE on rivals hands down one. You will always talk about the Rock and Stone Cold. Um, one thing I was I remember on like how you just said where you see Taker put Hulk Hogan in a body bag. That's like your hero. Like he just vanished your hero type scenario. And um, that's how I feel with the Rock. <laughs> when he leaves the Stone Cold man, you have no idea like how you don't know how much money I have won because of those two because of the Rock's two losses to Stone Cold. I had won a lot of money as a kid. <laughs> oh my god, dude, I used to cry about this stuff. Like literally, I was like, I treated that like a football team. Like when The Rock lost, I was not a happy person to be around the next day. Like I took that so serious to heart for so long. Like I was the hugest Rock man, which I was never a bad guy fan. But when The Rock turned mm-hmm. heel, I was completely a heel fan for him. I would only go for him as a bad guy. So it was it, I mean it's it's just crazy to see how what these characters can really give somebody emotionally. And like how you said with Hulk Hogan, Taker and all these guys, man, they gave you something to remember till days go by over and over again. Like we could still talk about the Rock and Austin. And honestly, it doesn't sound mm-hmm. like that long ago, but it has been a while. And I mean, it's just you don't see rivalries get that personal anymore. Like the storytelling was such a big deal. And I remember when I first started wrestling was me telling a story was really hard for me to do at first because I was just thinking, okay, obviously I'm the little guy, so I'm going to get beat down a lot. And they were like, no, you need to continue to fight. You got to keep showing resiliency. You have to show that why this crowd needs to invest in you, man. I mean, it took me a while at first because I was just like, look, man, I'm just going to get beaten down like a dummy. Like, like what else am I going to get out of this? Like, it took me a while at first, but I was like, I really started picking it up. And then obviously, like how you said with wrestlers, when I started wrestling, the guys that I would watch, you wouldn't believe it. I, I used to watch Tim Warner and Brad Armstrong like it was no tomorrow. Like, I used to study so much of their moves and I just loved how crisp their drop kicks were, their arm drags. I mean, dude, I still was blown away that you could see matches go like in matches mm-hmm. with a schoolboy and the crowd loses no. it. Now you and can't wrestling, do that. <laughs> professional wrestling has definitely evolved and changed in the last 50 some odd years. So I can honestly say because I may be 30, but mm-hmm. I can really go back in time and really had done some extensive research on different companies and different styles of wrestling itself. And you can imagine the fathom the the different styles of wrestling that can get you totally invested. And I may be going all course with this. And I was just doing this on on my podcast last week, and I was talking about this. The Walter and Ilya and Ilya mm-hmm. Droganov match that they had for the NXT for the NXT World Heavyweight Championship. Oh my fucking god! The story that these two told mm-hmm. exactly what you just said. How you being the little guy, you gotta show that resiliency. Ilya Droganov did the same thing in his match versus Walter. But Walter is a big, stocky, husky German, and he was all about chops, 
chops, yeah, yeah. kicks, and certain slams, and that's it. That's his forte. That's what he's going by and sticking with. Now, Ilyov is, is small, but he depends mm-hmm. on speed, striking, and more importantly, um, power technique, uh, power grappling yeah. technique to get you on the floor. He's definitely another Timothy Thatcher in this case, if you ever watched NXT. Timothy Thatcher is one person I underline, but he's yeah. someone that they oh, yeah, need oh, to yeah. invest in time. You need to invest in them because you're bringing some of the original aspect of wrestling back when it comes to these guys. Because we see a lot of talent that's doing a lot of flips and stuff, and then you see some of these hazardous stuff happen, and that can lead to serious injuries. Um, but yeah, but when oh, it comes yeah, yeah. to oh, that no, no storytelling mass I was trying to explain earlier from, from Walter's standpoint, it was just so beautifully done, but it was so fucking brutal. And I don't mean to have the curse, but that match had me almost oh, holding my did. chest like I was hurt too. Like, my God, the chops, the chops, the slams and stuff that Walter was giving this man and the way that he was selling it, though. Both of these men were selling like 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 it was no tomorrow, like he was gonna die in that ring. And you gotta give it up to that. If I feel like if these wrestlers oh, yeah. don't give it their all, I mean, I don't mean to give it all like each and every night because you don't want to burn yourself out to the point where then now you either lose motivation or you can't go the way the hell mm-hmm. you used to anymore. Some people gotta be considerate when it comes to the yeah. the speed and pace of these wrestlers because there is no off days. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to this. And that's one of the problems with wrestling nowadays. No, there's, there's, there's no off days. And so you see a lot of people get burnt out quick and get tired or they feel like they lost their hope and faith and motivation. And we don't and, and we don't want to see that. You know what I mean? So I mean, I I think when you go with that is it's just the light the the wrestling style itself has changed so much. Um you give credit to Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart because, like, honestly, now matches are going like that every single night. And, like, when you watch guys like Ricochet, I remember when Ricochet was on oh the Indies God. for so long. He was Wait, so he was a triple A. Good. He was a beast. But at first, man, I just – I was just like, that's a spot fest monkey. Like, I was just like, this dude just likes to do straight spots. And now you've seen how much he's evolved from going to the NXT and working himself up to the WWE. He's doing it in very rightful ways now. Like he is telling a story with these flips, telling a story with all this stuff. Because I remember when I first started, man, because I was I was always trying to figure out how I can tell a story if I was going to be going on the top rope. Like what is that going to do for me? And like and what my what my coach and stuff was telling me was like, you need to do that as like that as a considered a desperation move. But if you're gonna do that, you need to make that you got to show that to the crowd that that was your move, not your finisher or anything, but that was one of your risk taking moves. Like if you're in a fight, you're going to take a chance. Hey, you are going to take one move that's either going to make or break you. Like if you're going to throw one swing and you miss, guess what? You're probably going to get knocked out. So you're taking a risk on these storylines. And I think the one thing it, it drives me nuts to this day about some of the wrestling is, when you're doing flip spots in the very beginning and it's just, it's too much Mm -hmm. and it's hard for the crowd to follow it in ways. And, um, there's so many different styles of wrestling. And that's one thing I had to learn when I started wrestling. Like when I was wrestling, 
I found out wrestling is so globally. Like I only knew for the longest time was WWE and obviously WCW. And I just started watching TNA. So I was not really known for the new Japan, everything like that. And then when I started wrestling, I was just like blown away. Like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I have never seen this many wrestling things ever in my life. And it just made me love it so much more. And it gives you confidence and motivation to be like, okay. And it makes you want to draw a plan and go, okay, what can I do to be different than all these other guys? Which obviously there's no such thing as a move that no one's ever done anymore. Unless you're doing like a 360 backflip, all that stuff in one spot in the air. I don't think you're anything else is duplicated anymore. But I was just blown away. Like all the move sets that everyone does like, what can I do to change my little style? I was very strictly old school. Like, if I – one of my desperation moves would be a crossbody, and that would be, like, a main desperation move where the crowd would be involved in the count. One, two, and when I barely – when that kick out barely happens, the crowd just shuts down like, oh, my gosh, that's it, that's it. That's what I believe – well, I really wish that they could go back to that type of style on some things, but this is wrestling now. And like, obviously they can figure out how smarter ways to do it, but you have AEW, you have all New Japan. You got Dragon Gate, you got Stardom, uh, I mean, you got um, England, all these so many wrestlers. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like the list goes on and on of wrestling. So you have so many different styles of wrestling. And the one thing I'll say that what sucked about COVID is, man, indie wrestling was getting more recognition in ways more than WWE and stuff because people were starting to have their eyes glued yeah. mm-hmm. to all these indie guys. And I mean, and what I would tell people all the time is, yeah, you could pay 50 or $60 to go watch a WWE event. Or you could go pay ten to fifteen dollars and watch something that's going to be dang near as close as WWE, cheaper and exactly. just it's going to be storytelling wise. And those were the biggest things that I think uh, wrestling is kind of falling off on in some things is the storytelling aspect. And I'm sure if you will listen to some of the podcasts oh, yeah. from WWE guys, they will tell you the same thing. Like guys like Randy Orton, I praise. I praise everything that guy got going on, man. He is the absolute best heel that they've had in so long. Uh, I don't know if you – I'm pretty sure you have. The Roman man, Reigns and Jay oh, Uso man. story he, was the absolute best thing that's happened. Listen, if you John want me to go on a tirade about WWE, the I can't believe And stuff it. like that. Like, <laughs> the only – I said I said in the episode, the only two and a half things that's saving these storylines – Number one is the Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, Samoa Dynasty bloodline faction that I mean, you know, that's brewing, that's about to happen. Give that maybe another couple of months mm-hmm. to Mina, and I'll keep my fingers crossed that Samoa Joe just says, you know what, I'll let you back my ass in the ring. If, you, if you're not going to put me in the ring on Raw, train me over here to SmackDown, go off to the races with that. Please do that, WWE. That's one. Um, two, Alexa mm-hmm. Bliss. Finally, came in becoming yeah. the Harley Quinn to Bray Wyatt's Joker, and now we see a little bit more fun in the Firefly House. And now we can see a new Dean Terror going on on Monday Night Raw. I love that 
I love what they're doing with Bray and Alexa right now. I'm like, I called it for weeks. I've been called this for weeks. I said, Alexa needs to turn into Harley Quinn, just like how we see the Fiend being the resemblance of almost like like, uh, the Joker to me. I'm a comic book guy and I'm a Batman fanatic. So I've seen this thing coming. Mm -hmm. Now it's like the only thing that makes a piece together, guy of Alexa there. If that does not work, this character is going to die within like a year. You need to keep this thing going. Sure enough, they did that. And Randy Orton, anything that he's doing right now, it's going to be fantastic because he oh, yeah. already knows what the hell he's going to do. He's more effective as a heel than the baby face. And I just love the storytelling he's telling. Like, dude, like when you watch him wrestle Jeff Hardy, guys oh, like this, oh, 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 where he oh. took a, oh, a screwdriver. Yeah. Through his ear. Like, you don't see stuff like that anymore. You don't see true feelings in it anymore. And it hurts me to say that sometimes. Like, when I first left wrestling, it was hard. I'm not even going to lie to you. I didn't watch anything of wrestling for a while because it was just a hard subject to get to because I'd done it for six years. And the way you say people put their bodies online, man, I use the example as it's like a baseball, a wooden baseball bat. If you hit the ball at a, at a different angle of that mm-hmm. bat, the bat just shakes your hand. And it's like you just instantly drop it. I feel that's what I say for, for professional wrestling. You don't always have to land on your head. It's just a basic bump, and it basically flows the just the motion around like a wave on your body. And that's basically how you're going to feel it. If you keep repetitively doing this, and one thing that I remember veterans would definitely tell me off the big get-go is watch your bump card. You only got so many bumps on Mm -hmm. your card. And, I mean, you joke about it at first, but it Mm -hmm. really means something when you go further into this. And, I mean, I praise so many guys that have been able to do it for so long, like Jericho, all these guys. Like, it it blows my mind because I'm like, man, I've only six years in. And these yeah. guys are in 30, 20, something like that. Can like, I ask oh. you a question, though? Why? <laughs> I mean, how come you made that choice, like, after six years of this yeah. is what you wanted to do? And what was the motivation of you saying, okay, this is it for me. I gave it all that I could, and maybe it's just not the way that I was working out to be. Was it one of those things, or was it just because of outside entities coming into your life that kind of made that decision more easier for you? Um, uh, I remember, uh, you remember when I said, yeah. when I first started, I was gonna, I was gonna be a dad and obviously something happened around that time that made me want to just do wrestling. And the funny thing, I was just wanting to try it out. I didn't want to get anything serious and I just wanted to be able to say, Hey, I done it. And needless to say, I got so heavily into it. I got so involved in it. It was so hard for me to let it go. Well, I also was having a baby on the way with my wife and everything. And it was just like, I wanted to be home more, the traveling. It's, it's, it takes a lot on you. I'm not going to sit here and complain about it or whatever. I loved every bit of it, but the traveling does become a hassle when you have family. And I tell people all the time, if you're going to start this, it's better to start it single than going in as a married couple or something like that, because it is very time consuming. Like you have to basically put yourself all in it or you're not going to get anything out of it type scenario. And, um, and I'm not saying that obviously 
if you have a family, you're not yeah. going to last long in wrestling. No, everyone's different type scenario. But I had a baby on the way. Uh, I was I was getting close to actually get a real good promotion idea coming in. So I went into the doctor, obviously, to go get a check out just to see if I could actually go up in the ranks type scenario. Well, they brought – I passed everything. Obviously, they gave me this brain scan because, obviously – the concussion protocol was very serious and they've been really up on yeah. that. Like if they're going to sign you in yeah. a major brand, you're going to have to do this. Well, they pulled my scan up and pulled up a 40 year old man scan brain as well. And they say my brain was dang near compared to that as well. So I, it was really hard, but I was just like, yeah, I mean, I loved everything I did about it. I loved all the times that I got to spend with guys. I mean, I'd still call them my brothers. And uh, obviously, I've had a couple of them on my podcast. And it's just really cool to just see who all still gives me a lot of respect and stuff. And they ask for knowledge and stuff like that. Like my guys like Jay Too Strong, Proctor Croc Johnson, uh, Hold My Beer Hanson. These guys really – some of my real close friends on this, uh, Solo Jones, I mean, just a good number of guys. And it was just – it was so hard for me to tell. And the funny thing is I actually – the first person mm. I told, I told him on his wedding night. Because <laughs> I came to conclusion, I was just like, you know what? I want to be a dad. I want to be a family man. I've done a lot with this, but obviously – Obviously, you get those things like, oh, man, you pussied out type scenario. Sorry for having that type of language. But I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm okay with this being gone now. And going on three years now, not in the ring. Do I miss it? Oh, you, there ain't no telling. But and I'm, ha- I'm still and glad I'm happy with the choice I made. That. Yeah, and I'm, and, and I'm extremely Obviously, happy for that. That's got to take a lot of time and a lot of thought to process that and to come into full blown understanding like, okay, this is where it is. This is where I'm going. This is what I want to do. And for me to get here, I got to stop this. And because that doctor showed you that that casket um, made mm-hmm. your choice more easier. Because I know a lot of people out here that may be saying maybe if they leave it, will they remember me or if I could still go, I could still go as long as I could. And that's, I think, is what drives oh, yeah. some of these wrestlers to keep going, even when they get older and it, it starts to get severely more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so kudos to you for that, for deciding to be a family man. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, for me, I'm just still trying to find I'm just trying to find my footing in life, too. But I think I know what direction that I want to go and how to get there. Now it's just mm-hmm. working my ass off to get to that to get to that level, you know? Oh, yeah, no doubt. And and like how you just said that part, I think that was another thing that really was hard for me to do it. Like, that's why I kept going for so long because I didn't really try to get checkouts or anything like that because I knew everyone's always prepared to tell you this. Oh, man, your headphones going down, man. Yeah, I can hear you a little bit better. Oh, you hear me now? Okay, so, and obviously they're going to be like, hey, this is not good for you to do. This is definitely not good for your body, which I think that was 
joke, whatever. But when you think- but now, it's real serious. It is real big things that you definitely are gonna encounter now, longevity standpoint, because you put mm-hmm. so much wear and tear on your body. Uh, so I mean. I funny thing is, dude. Two years ago, I could barely remember a lot of things. Now it's like I'm just laying down in bed and stuff, and it's like I'll just look at my wife and go, "Hey, I remember this such and such," and it's just really cool. Like I'm slowly forgetting things. Like I'm slowly thinking my head slightly forgetting better. It was just like, man, I took so much. Mm-hmm. You take a lot of wear and tear on your body. Like I had messed up knee. Uh, I was having some neck issues as well, a little bit. So it was just like, I I was actually starting to get a little discouraged. I was also starting to not like what I was doing because it was like, I'm getting up hurt 24-7. Believe it or not, I never took any painkillers. I've never done any drugs. Uh, That's probably also Mm -hmm. maybe another reason why you feel the pain more. (laughs) I would say 99.9% of that would have to be that. But otherwise, certain people will probably take some ice baths <laughs> or something like that. But that's the only thing that I could come up with. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, and one thing I do love about this now, there's so many different knowledges on how to properly train for any subject, any any activity or anything that you're trying to do. And the recoveries, we have so much stuff now for all these knowledges for recoveries, which Obviously, back then, when you think of Shawn Michaels and these guys, they probably were just like, pop a pill, probably drink a beer, and they, they're good to go. Like, those used to be sad things out on some things. It sure, it, yeah, yeah, it sure is. But, man, um, great. Well, what's this? Let me piggyback on what you say this about the wear and tear and stuff like that. So, would you agree that the same wear and tears that a wrestler will go through will be the same wear and tears that you can see a football player or any other professional athlete go through as well? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, head, head injuries, most common for, for – I mean, when you see all these documentaries and stuff, nine times out of ten, a wrestler, they're already gonna, it's going to be probably like a head trauma. It's going to probably be neck problems. Those are your two main common ones. Uh, leg injuries, obviously, because, dude, it's not – I call wrestling, it's a violent theatrical. It is really what it is. Like, it is basically – yeah, it's – choreographed or it's predetermined but guess what we are really still hitting each other we are really still slamming each other i mean yes you're doing it in a safe way to take care of your opponent but you have to show to the crowd that this is real and obviously people have had that mindset oh this ain't real so much now that you're actually seeing these guys in the indies they're really hitting each other uh obviously they're pulling it back a little bit but you're still hitting that face and there's only so many times yeah. you can get punched in the face now. Some days. Yeah, I'll say that. I'll say that too, because of you know head trauma protocols, concussion protocols can really lead up. But we don't need another Chris Benoit incident, please. We just don't. We just don't want that for anyone that's still actively wrestling, formally wrestling, or okay. even is just only doing part time work right now. Just I just heavily say, just be careful about the bumps that you guys do. And if you feel like you can take the bump, take the bump. If you feel like you don't, just don't. But just 
You know what I'm saying? That's all I got to say to every oh, wrestler. Yeah. I mean, uh, or anybody that's even considering even going into wrestling is going to go through the training, me- I mean, the training sessions and such. Just know that because I remember taking a class oh. and I said to myself, if this was me four years younger, where I was, if I wasn't in two car accidents, I kind of messed up my knee, I probably would have been here. And I probably still could, but probably only be on a part-time basis because mm-hmm. I have other obligations outside of my regular work that I really, you know, take my time and essence to. You know, for instance, here of uh, the podcast and I have a simulated wrestling league going through um, WWE 2K20 that I call NEW, New England Wrestling. Ha ha, go figure. Oh, speaking of which, new episode today. Mm-hmm. New episode tonight at 10 p.m. live on YouTube. Check it out as well. <laughs> Just in case before I keep again, because I'm trying to keep my eye off on the clock. Um, yeah, but so when it um I just feel when it comes to that making decisions about the bumps and stuff like that, and more importantly, I just want to get that part out there for any outside person who doesn't view wrestling the same how they view other sports. And I'm gonna say this again, and you just heard from him. This person only took six years to just say, you know what, I am done. I do not, I choose a different life. And because of the toll that I, I took here, and because I'm saving myself for a future, for my future, to see, to see the future for myself, I'm deciding to stop. Certain people who's in the wrestling industry who chooses this life because this is all that they know, they can't stop. This is all that they know. This is all that this is the one thing that they know to do mm-hmm. to how to make an income. It's why we see so many of these legendary wrestlers come back, and we keep asking ourselves why, yeah. why? Because they need money. I hate to cut you on that part. Go ahead. I'd hate to cut you on that part. I think it's so as also it's like a it's like an on and off switch. Uh, when you're a wrestler, you're like a larger than life person. You're like a superhero. This is like your Superman character, and everyone wants to be Superman. Everyone wants to be Superman. But it's also you've got to realize how to be Clark Kent as well. And I think that's the hardest thing for so many guys to basically go back to being their self instead of being their wrestling character for so long. And I think that's what really gives them the more hard times to actually not basically say, hey, maybe this is probably the right time to take a break or something like that because they're always in that mindset. They'll always be that Superman. Hey, you can be Superman, but I'd rather be Batman over here on the side of town. <laughs> Don't say that much. Um, before we kind of wrap this up, I just want to add a couple, couple more questions. I don't want to take it too much of your time. Um, so when you, so when you yeah. were wrestling for six years, um, the promotions mm-hmm. that you went through. Um, can you just take us back to some of those promotions and what was it like for you working for them and what was some of the highlights of certain promotions that you have worked for? Oh, man. So, obviously, my main one was Continental Championship Wrestling. Uh, I got to wrestle guy. I got to wrestle this main guy. He used to be a real big jobber in WCW. His name's Jamie McKinnon. And, um, I learned so much from him. Like, basically... First of all, he was the hardest chop guy I have ever been in the ring with. And, I mean, it was just so impactful how well he works with the crowd and just stuff like that. Um, 
I and I would definitely have to go with uh, GWE, which now is Broken uh, Broken Bones Wrestling. Uh, they gave me so much opportunity. Uh, I got to wrestle absolutely just some very phenomenal wrestlers. Uh, also, a great card every single time. Uh, it was you never knew what you were gonna get out of that show, and it was really cool. Uh, we always got the end of the match right away with a tag team match, which you obviously went from a singles match and it found a way to be like a eight man tag match, which those could also be a jumble sometimes, but they are all they were always a blast. Uh, um, gum, what's that other one? I'm trying to remember. There's, gosh, I'm trying to remember three of them. IWE. Uh, they gave us some real cool knowledges. I mean, it. the list goes on and on more, but, I mean, I, the one thing I'll say about my experiences with wrestling, when you go into independent wrestling, oh, don't how, expect oh, it. Like no. no, 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 no. You're going to be is, You must have got the like wrong that. damn impression of wrestling, and that's going to be the sad part about this. Indie mm-hmm. wrestling is literally what it is. Like you will get occasionally some great yep. venues, great buildings, and stuff like that. Yep. But those are real rare. Indie wrestling, you're probably gonna yeah. wrestle at fairs, stuff like that. Don't ever think nope. you're gonna be you in the Coliseum. I remember. Because like <laughs> I remember my first independent wrestling appearance. I mean, well, not the appearance, like for me yourself, with me going to one. I was given free tickets to go to you, the UFW. UFW wrestling, it was somewhere in Malden, Massachusetts, where where mm-hmm. I'm from up here in um in Massachusetts itself. I took I took one of my friends, I took one of my friends with me. I had an extra ticket. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that like going on. So I'm like, I don't know. No one there. The only thing I remember was reading the brochure and it said Earth Cat Miller was gonna be wrestling that night. Earth Cat Miller, who used to be a former WCW wrestler, was gonna be working there. And um mm-hmm. I, I think I think I I think he won that match. I'm not totally sure how the ending went. I might be, I may turn my head for like two seconds and then, you know, ding, ding, ding happened. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Damn it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to pay special content and attention because you might never know what can happen was you turned your head for two seconds Ooh. and then the finish is right there and then you just missed it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I had fun. I mean, I had fun. I had a blast. It Ooh. was like a, like a small, uh, it was like a small, uh, a small auditorium. Hell, like maybe like, I think it held maybe like 150 people, maybe only 60 people probably showed up. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And yeah, I remember a good turnout. All I remember was the main event was supposed to be for the World Heavyweight Championship, but that ended up being the middle of the card. I don't know why they made the switch. And it was the United States Championship match. And it was so crazy, bro, at the very end. I nearly got close to it. Mm-hmm. I was holding the camera. So I'm trying to get this footage. And someone's like, don't come near the wrestlers. Don't come near the wrestlers. And someone picks someone up and pile drives them through a table. <laughs> and you used to see a bunch of guys swarming each other. And there's like a little tunnel that's leading towards the kitchen area in the back. So I guess this auditorium had like a little, had like a little kitchen area in the back where they would go Probably they'll be back there uh, a few rooms to get dressed in. Then you got the kitchen itself. So they'll be back there. They'll be like a little curtain. They knock down the curtain. <laughs> so now you're fully exposing the kitchen itself. So now we see people back there like, yo, what's going on right there? Nearly getting access to it. I get pulled back. <laughs> so and then I just just I just remember the end of being yeah. 
one I think the heel took the DDT onto a uh, onto a trash can leg. Babyface hits his finish, he retains his championship, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> and I remember getting in the ring probably afterwards and just taking a few bumps. And one of the people, I guess, who was working for the organization has seen me take a couple of bumps and say, Hey, you bump pretty good. You think you want to go train now? I was like, I would love to, but how am I gonna get to these classes? I don't have a car. You know? So I couldn't really make that full full commitment to go mm-hmm. to training if I didn't have no transportation to get me there. So that's the main reason why I would have been an independent wrestler yeah. right now if I would have took that thing a little bit more seriously, if I would have said, damn, it, if I just had a car, or I'd have to be depending on people to drive me back and forth to train to wrestler school so I can train to become a wrestler. And then the last. So, I get that. Um, yeah, for real. Um, one more question for you, and I'm going to let you go. Um, so, for you, um, for you, your experience, and your whole journey, and I know this probably was part of your bucket list, um, can you just tell the fans if there's any if there's any fans out there that seriously is considering thinking about going into the world of professional wrestling, what advice would you give these people? Uh, go in there humble. Um, one thing you're going to definitely need to learn is open your ears, but pick out what you know, what you feel like you need to learn to get better. Because obviously you're going to get so much knowledge from all these guys. And it's just you have to be open to to basically listen to anything and any, anyone. Because even the smallest guy on the card, has got you need to give them just as much as respect as the biggest guy on the card. And that is the biggest thing with wrestling. If you come in there and you don't give the respect to any of these guys, you're going to be completely blown off right off the get-go. You will actually probably get hurt. Because some of these guys could take that very offensive. And that seems disrespectful. And then guess what? You're going back in the old school wrestling ring where they're going to basically shoot wrestle your behind. <laughs> and it's not going to be pretty. Oh, uh, Also, <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. Why am I one thing yep. I would say, make sure you go to a wrestling school. Uh, biggest thing is you need to make sure you look at a wrestling school. Do not think you're going to be able to do this without getting into a wrestling school. A good wrestling school is going to help you properly teach you how to storytell, properly the old school wrestling, chain wrestling, anything that you need to do. A, tra- a training school would be the main thing for you. And also, one more thing, do not have backstage heat with anybody because I got to see your chances of making it even further. Don't have backstage heat. Oh, no. Oh, no. People... So check your ease, check your eagles oh, at the door, right check your now, eagles at the door. Wrestlers take grudges like females. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. I want to do one more shout-out because you asked me about a promotion. AIWF, uh, they gave me my very final match. Uh, very blessed they got to finally uh, wrestle my good friend Logan Stevens. We did a gauntlet for the junior heavyweight championship, and it was just so freaking monumental. One of the biggest treasures of my life. I got to put I put this guy over and get this main title for him. He's worked so diligently hard. Give a good shout out to my boy Logan Stevens for this because that match still means so much to me till this right, day. Man. Oh man, this has been a blast. This has been the this has been a, a very easy, a very informative, and a very a very productive episode from you and from me. Thank you, man. Thank you, Warren. Thank you to our special guest. Warren Marlowe. Oh, um, just 
do this um give us where you can find your podcast at and um you know what I'm saying and we can try to you know exchange information and stuff like that. Make sure that the fans know where they can find you where they can listen to your podcast from. Well we have it. All right, man, no problem. Uh buzzing with Marlo, you can catch me on Spotify, Anchor, uh Google Podcasts. Anywhere you get your podcasts mainly, you probably find me there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, uh, Buzzing Marlo, at Buzzing Marlo on Twitter, or Instagram is the same. Facebook, the real Buzzing with Marlo, <laughs> because there is actually a fake Buzzing with Marlo page out there, so be careful with that one. But, um, yeah, man, this has been a blast, and I, I love it. And I, I definitely would love to have you on my show one day. That. You just let me know when and where I need to be there. I'll show, me, I'll show my ass up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, I'll like pull up on you. you. <laughs> I'll pull up on you if that's necessary. But um folks, y'all heard from him. Now y'all gonna hear from me. Hey Honcho <laughs> OTTR, the black hole hole again. You got that right, damn it. And all the other good stuff. Blackheart, the heel. I'm not turning back into a baby face. Fuck that nonsense. I'm gonna be chewing people's asses for as long as I can until I feel satisfied. And I'm never gonna be satisfied. So, yeah, I know what to find my podcast at, you know, Anchor Podcast, Google Podcast, Breaker Podcast, Radio Public Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Podbean. You know what to find on social media as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Autotaro Podcast. It's not complicated to type in the damn search bar. It's really not. If y'all can do it for anything else, y'all can do it. It takes 15 seconds and just hit that follow, hit that star, or hit that subscribe button, man. Help support local Helps about local podcasts, man. That's all that we ask from people. It's not complicated. It's really not. It takes me a second. And more importantly, it's free. <laughs> you know, I don't know what more I can really say, but nonetheless, that's all we got to say. I'm not going to go too deep into a target of the fans. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Warren, for coming on the show, man. I greatly appreciate it, man. This was long overdue. I can't wait to go. I can't wait to go on your show and talk some nonsense over there on your side of the soil. Um, yeah, man. So, Black Art here. We got After Dark tomorrow with Twirl TV's own Ty West tomorrow as well. Straight at Hell is straight at Far Rockaway, New York. And then we got Sunday when we got the wrestling recap, recap and review and news. We'll see what's going on there. we sure we'll have Uncle Fats. We'll have Big Mike coming back after his um, couple, of, couple of weeks off because he was, you know, succumbed to the COVID-19. He wished him a speed recovery. And you also have Cyber Yeti coming back. So we'll have a little jam pack show, but we have a jam pack week. So y'all know what the deal is. Time to get my black ass to work. <laughs> Warren, thank you very much for coming on, man. I greatly appreciate this. Man, oh man. Thank you, man. I appreciate the opportunity. Here. He's out. Night one to three. See ya. What's up, Warren?